This episode is brought to you by Merrick Pet Care. And if you've heard me talk about Grammy, you know that she means the world to me. I wanted a dog for probably 10 years and I was living in an apartment, couldn't have dogs. When I finally moved somewhere else, I adopted her within weeks and it was love at first scritch. She's about two feet away from me as I record this. She hangs out in the studio and all I want to do is smooch her and look at her and stare at her. I also like feeding her because I see how happy it makes her. And there's nothing like watching her lick her chops after having yummy stuff like Grammy's pot pie or real Texas beef and sweet potato, which are two recipes she's been enjoying for America. As her parent, I like that they use deboned meat and fish or poultry as the number one ingredient. I also like that they have these real ingredients and you can see them on the bag so you know what's in each one. And watching her do a little dance, especially with a Grammy's pot pie recipe, brings too much joy to my heart. Is there such a thing as too much joy? I'm not sure. But check out Merrick online or in your local pet store and look for their new packaging with real ingredients shown on the bag and inside it. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Oh, hey, it's your friend who's at the mall and texts you photos of jeans that cannot possibly be the new thing. Please tell me high-waisted with no pockets isn't a thing. Please. Allie Ward, back with another episode of Ologies. We're just leaning into this season. Crunchy leaves, wood smoke, scarves, glowy little lights in the darkness. This episode, pumpkins. Oh, pumpkins. This is an amazing episode. And this is also Smologies. So Smologies are shorter episodes of classics. And this is one of our best. But we've edited them down so that there are no swear words and also so that they're just shorter, they're classroom friendly, they're kid friendly, they're the whole family friendly. So enjoy this Smologies version of pumpkins. If pumpkins were a person, I'd be down to be their roommate. They seem chill, they seem friendly, they seem down for a good time. Like they would come in clutch with a pep talk when you need it. Cucurbitology. Okay, what in the David S. Pumpkins is this word. David Pumpkins? I mean, are we supposed to know who that is? I know you have questions. Okay, I looked it up. Cucurbitology comes from the Latin for gourd. And yes, cucurbitology looks like cucumbers because they're related. We're gonna get into that later. But also, I'd like to note that the word pumpkin comes from the French for pom-pom, which came in a winding, viney way from the Greek pepo, which means to be cooked by the sun. Genus and species of most pumpkins, cucurbita pepo a gourd that's been cooked in the sun. So I was looking for a pumpkin expert or someone who studies pumpkins or a pumpkin scholar, but not just the science of pumpkins, but also the emotions and the folklore and the history. And I came across a book entitled Pumpkin Pumpkin, Folklore, History, Planting Hints, and Good Eating by someone who loves pumpkins so much, she studied them intensely and wrote a whole book about them. We chatted about what is a pumpkin? How long have we been carving them up and cooking them down? How many varieties are there? What else are they used for? How do you pick out a good one? What are the biggest myths and the biggest pumpkins? So light a little candle. Enjoy the flickering and cozy wisdom of cucurbitologist Anne Copeland.
I'm a senior. I'm going to be 78 November 22nd, which falls on Thanksgiving every so many years. And that's how I, one of the ways I come to love pumpkins. You must have had a pumpkin pie for your birthday every year. Oh, I always had pumpkin pie, pumpkin cake, pumpkin soup, pumpkin, <laughs> you name it. And now getting to how to pick a pumpkin. Uh-huh. How do you pick a pumpkin? What are we looking for? It's going to be different every single time you go. It's going to be different. The color's going to be different. The shape of the pumpkin's going to be different. The size of it, whether it has a stem at the top that's long, it's going to change every year. I mean, it's magic. Every year you'll know it when you see it. Mm-hmm. And it may take a long time uh, to figure it out, but that's half the fun of getting one. <laughs> So for a decorative pumpkin, use intuition, you can summon your spidey sense, tap into some witch's magic, and just get magnetized to the right one. Now, if you're going to eat it, the darker the green stem and the orange skin mean it's ready to be picked, ready to be purchased, and you can hold it up to your ear and you can thump it. And the louder that hollow, echoey sound, the better the pumpkin. And side note, if you ever need to lovingly threaten someone, say, for Venmoing you for enchiladas when you said they were your treat, or not texting you the second they get home safe, you can always say that you'll thump them on the pumpkin. That's been a word family threat for years, and it translates to, I love you, how dare you. And now what about some varieties of pumpkins? Oh, there are a lot, a lot, a lot of pumpkin varieties. Now, a pumpkin is not a typical fruit. It's also not a vegetable. Oh, it's not a vegetable? No, it's not a vegetable. It's a fruit? No, well, sort of. Uh... A pumpkin, believe it or not, is a berry. Oh, what? It's a berry. How? Why? <laughs> it's a berry. <laughs> because it said, I'm going to be a berry. <laughs> and it's very true. <laughs> it's a freaking berry, y'all. It's a freaking berry. And I looked it up, and so are cucumbers. And avocados are a berry. Bananas are a berry. Eggplants are a berry. These are berries. They are fleshy, seeded fruits. They're formed from a single flower containing one ovary. Boom. Berries. Anne says that the biggest flimflam she's here to debunk is that pumpkins are not a vegetable. And in her book, she calls the pumpkin a botanical platypus. But refer to them as a vegetable. She might thump you on the berry. So, yeah, you you have a lot of fun with pumpkins because there's a lot of really different things about pumpkins. They come in different sizes, shapes. They were grown in Mexico way, way back, even before the Incas and so forth. They were grown in China way, way back. And what are some of your favorite varieties of pumpkin? I like there's uh, a pumpkin that is green, that has stripes, and sometimes it has red and green, and uh, they're very small. I think they're called kabashi. Okay, these little pumpkins are Japanese. And if you Google image search kabacha in Japan, you will find all manner of pumpkins. But to English speakers, kabacha means a short squat squash that you've probably had in tempura. And you either save it as the last piece you eat as a treat, or you eat it first because life is short. And someone at the table may say, ooh, can I have some of your tempura? And you want the pumpkin one for yourself. You got to eat it fast. P.S. Australians call all kinds of squash pumpkin. It's calabaza in Spanish and candied in Mexico for Day of the Dead festivities. And the British used to call them pompions. Now, the smooth doorstep pumpkins we're used to in America are Connecticut field pumpkins. And the smaller ones that we make into pies 
are sweet sugar pies. And there are Jarendale, Blue Pumpkins, Casper, White Pumpkins. The bumpy ones are called Peanut. There's Long Island Cheese Pumpkins because they look like a cheese wheel. There are others called White Ghost, Warty Goblins, and Baby Boo. Essentially, just come up with a new pumpkin and give it your cat's weirdest nickname. You're good to go. Tell me a little bit more about the history of pumpkins. So, South America, right. Incas, and then right. at what point did they start growing them in, in North America and Europe? I mean, they're pretty much grown on every continent, I would Right. Imagine. Well, they, they figured that the American Indians were growing them for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, they just may not have looked like the pumpkins we have today. Mm -hmm. They might have looked more like a squash, for example. They might have been smaller. Mm -hmm. They believed that the seeds were very healthy for you, which they are. Mm -hmm. So they believed that they would take away like parasites and things like that. So they would eat the seeds mm -hmm. and dry them and eat them. Okay, side note. How ancient are pumpkins? Did they come from aliens? Probably not. Scientists have found seeds that are over 7,000 years old. I think they originated in Central America as smaller, more bitter little gourds. And indigenous populations all over the continent have for centuries used pumpkins in stews, dried them, they used them in medicine, squash blossoms, which also, side note, amazing fried. Thank you very much. Those were used for skin injuries. And from 1836 to the mid-1900s, pumpkin seeds were recognized as a remedy for intestinal infections. And more recent research has been on the L-tryptophan in pepita seeds, helping with symptoms of depression, which part of that is probably just sitting there cracking them with your teeth. It's so ding-dang fun. Also, according to Kaiser Permanente's website, there have been pumpkin seed medical trials showing promise in reducing kidney stone risk and helping with a parasite that comes from snails. So your glowing porch orb contains a little botanical wizardry. You mentioned earlier that pumpkins are magical. Oh, absolutely. Talk to yeah. me a little bit about how you feel about pumpkins. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not just the pumpkin itself. It's the whole season that it ushers in. It's all the good things that we know and love, uh, getting together with friends, changing our personality via a costume. Halloween, quick reminder, is the eve of All Hallows Day to honor saints. And the tradition of dressing up comes in part to embody the costume that you're wearing and partly to scare off the demons that are just chilling waiting to cross the boundary into death the next day. Now, some researchers have found a link between higher caloric intake in the colder months, attributing it to old kind of hard wiring for storing up on fat before a fast. So Halloween is the time to dress up in order to ward off evil and also to eat all the candy you can because death looms close and the fruit trees will be bare in the winter. It makes sense. And now, what is some of the folklore surrounding pumpkins? Because I'm thinking, like, people stepping into pumpkins as carriages. We got Ichabod Crane out yep, there. We got yep. all kinds of stuff. Oh, there are. Uh, there's myths that involve pumpkins from other lands uh, where they actually believe that humanity came from a pumpkin. P.S. I did look this up in a 2001 article from the journal Economic Botany catalogs several creation myths from different Asian cultures, most of which involve people surviving a great flood by floating in a hollow pumpkin, or the birthing of a pumpkin, youch, that's cut into many pieces to form people. But historians 
think that the pumpkin plant didn't even make it to Asia until post-Columbian times, but this folklore has been passed down through enough oral and written tradition that it's stuck. And here in America, there are old stories from Southern communities and African-American communities about riding pumpkin vines into new lands since they grow so fast, just like hop a pumpkin vine like a bullet train. And also stories about convincing Europeans that pumpkins are donkey eggs. Now, moving on to bigger and gianter topics. What about them big ol' honkin' pumps? And how do people grow those huge giant pumpkins? Oh, that's that's quite an effort. Yeah, they do have seeds for those. Mm -hmm. However, uh, they don't necessarily grow to be big on their own. You have to kind of baby them along. And one of the things a lot of people do is that once the pumpkin starts growing, they have to keep it turned and they have to keep it moving so that it doesn't squash its own... Uh, leaves and everything and prevent it from growing. Mm -hmm. So they have to put something under it. You know, it could be cloth, it could be hay or whatever, but they put something under it. Some of them feed the pumpkins with milk. What? Some, yeah, they do. They do. There's a lot of different ways they can do things. And of course, growing the biggest pumpkin is a long-standing uh, thing that's happened. Oh, and back at... Uh, Back in the early colonial days, uh, when people would get their hair cut, mm -hmm. they used to put a pumpkin, half a pumpkin, <laughs> on top of their heads. And they even named the town Pumpkinshire because that's how they would cut their hair. Oh. They would just cut it around the pumpkin oh like my that. God. Yeah. P.S. New Haven in particular was known for this, Luke. And like Instagram photos of rosé at brunch, it spread quickly and gave New Englanders the nickname Pumpkinheads. Now, Boston, hi, hi, Boston, you were once known as Pumpkinshire. So the next time you enjoy some baked beans from Beantown, just think, wow, you could be pumpkin munching instead. So let's say you need a haircut in several months, so you've decided to grow a pumpkin. Does Anne have any tips? First, she says, have a space about four feet wide and 30 or 40 feet long. Or or you can train your vines to grow in a circle around the rest of the garden. Isn't that cute? She says, plant five or six seeds in each mound. And then when they start to sprout, you got to thin them out and pluck a couple. Let only the best two grow. She says it's going to be heartbreaking, but it's worth it. Now, her book has more growing tips about hot capping them, coddling them in cold weather, keeping them cozy as they start their journey to Pumpkin Town. I guess Pumpkinshire. They grow into the fall, mm -hmm. and there's a few types that can even grow into the winter. Wow. So, yeah, it just depends how they're grown and where they're grown and what they put into it to how they will grow. Do you have a favorite movie involving a pumpkin? I guess Cinderella mainly. <laughs> I think that's everybody's everybody's favorite. Her and that pumpkin carriage, carriage, you know, that's that's yeah. pretty classic. I can't think of any others that I've seen right offhand. Yeah. But that's one I always liked mm -hmm. a lot. Okay, P.S. The tale of Cinderella dates back over 2,000 years and has taken various forms. Now, the version with the pumpkin carriage was a far from a Walt Disney invention, so don't give him props. That part of the story was whipped up in the 1600s in France. What about pumpkin carving tips? 
pumpkin carving tips. I'm not good at carving pumpkins, but I'll tell you why. I have carved a pumpkin or two, but after a while, I got to where I didn't really want to carve them. I really wanted to paint them or to do something else with them. For some reason, I just didn't like to cut them up unless I was cooking them. Yeah. So, you know, you are not the only cucurbitologist I have heard say that. I understand that there is a movement to cook, not carve. Because it's like, uh, yep. we put all this water and resources into this, <laughs> you're just going to let it rot on the porch? That's true. That's true. Yes. Tempera, not to be confused with tempera, or acrylic paint works well on pumpkins. And if you're like, why am I seeing so many turquoise colored pumpkins? What's this trend? That is the teal pumpkin project. And on someone's porch, it's a sign that there are non-food treats being given out. So if your kiddo, or shamelessly you, trolling your neighborhood as an adult for goodies, is allergic to peanuts or gluten, those houses are like, I got you covered with like a fake tattoo, some silly putty. So keep an eye out for those. Can I ask you questions from listeners? Sure. Okay. Okay, real quick, before we get to Patreon questions, we may have a few words about some sponsors of the show who make it possible for us to donate each week to a cause of the ologist choosing. And this week, Anne chose Shriners Hospitals for Children because children and their sense of magic and wonder have a special place in her giant heart. So Shriners Hospitals for Children is a network of 22 nonprofit medical facilities across North America. So thank you to Anne for choosing them and to some of the sponsors for making it possible. Oh, KiwiCo. We love you. Kids love you. Parents love you. Uncle Allies love you. Here's the deal. So whether you're staying at home or you're heading out on some summer explorations, KiwiCo is inviting kids, also kids at heart, that's you, to enjoy their first ever summer adventure series. So kids from two years old to teens can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks. They have something for everyone. They have different topics for each age, whether your kid wants to explore space or learn about dinosaurs. And I've heard from my parental friends that summer can be a little challenging to keep the kids busy. KiwiCo's like, we did the legwork for you. And the Summer Adventure Series is this personalized experience with super fun activities like a bottle rocket kit where kids can build an actual bottle rocket. And you can either receive all of your summer adventure crates at once or weekly for six weeks. I think it's so amazing that they have different crates for different ages. Everything from the great outdoors that has like giant bubbles or a window garden to a trebuchet kit for ages 9 to 14. An entrepreneur where you can do textured clay projects. If you have kids, if you know kids, keep them occupied and learning and having fun this summer with KiwiCo. And you can get 20% off your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash ologies summer. That's 20% off your summer adventure at kiwico.com slash ologies summer. Oh, have fun. Oh, hi, it's me, the lady that checks a bunch of scholarly articles before she believes anything. Allie Ward. And I feel like we are similar in that we have a fair amount of skepticism and we like to dive deep and find out what the actual facts are. This is why when it comes to any kind of supplements, I enjoy Ritual, which is a female-founded B Corp, meaning that they're holding themselves accountable to not just the company, but also to the health of people in our planet. And they're clinically backed essential for women at 18 plus multivitamin has these high quality, traceable key ingredients in bioavailable forms that are clean. 
Only about 1% of supplement brands are USP verified, and Ritual is one of them. So I like being able to trust what I'm putting in my body. From an aesthetic standpoint, I'll also tell you that Ritual are beautiful little vitamins. They look like lava lamps, and they taste like mint. So taking my Ritual is part of my, I guess, morning ritual. I, that's probably why they named it that, and I didn't even think about it. Anyway, no more shady business. Ritual's essential for women 18 plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. So get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash ologies. You can start Ritual or add essential for women 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash ologies for 25% off. Down the hatch. Okay, let's get to your questions. Meg Mahalley asks, and I think a lot of people probably have the same question, where did the jack-o'-lantern originate? The jack-o'-lantern actually originated a long time ago. And we think back around when Stonehenge and all that was, well, was active. Let me put it that way. Mm -hmm. They think that it goes back that far and that Jack was like comparable to the devil. And he had to be a sort of punished and he had to carry around a light so that people wouldn't be afraid of him, that they would know he was coming. Here's Johnny! So it goes back a long way. Again, we only know from things that have been written, and we don't know in a lot of cases how truly accurate they are. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing my best to give a correct answer. (laughs) Okay, it's also been said that Irish and Scottish kids used to carve their jack-o'-lanterns out of turnips or potatoes. And let me tell you, They look like tiny baby mummy heads and are so much scarier by so much many multitudes. And in this tale of Jack and the devil, so some versions say that a guy named Jack tricked the devil and then trapped the devil in the tree. And so the devil condemned Jack to wander the earth, just hoofing it around, carrying a hot coal in a turnip. Is that to mimic the devil Jack's lantern that he has Probably, carried. and also so that it would light the way for people in the dark in the in the winter time. And it wasn't really like Halloween as we know it now. It used to be called Samhain, mm-hmm. and Samhain was a different... It was connected with uh, Celtic people. Oh, wow. And so it was a different sort of holiday then. Mm-hmm. Okay, so quick aside, Samhain also pronounced Samhain, is a Gaelic festival, and it celebrates the Celtic pagan New Year and the end of the harvest season and into the cold times. And feasts are had, costumes are donned, fairies are appeased, neighbors are shaken down for treats, and spirits are invited to come kick it before they cross over. And if you're like, Day of the Dead, Dia de Muertos, what a nutty coincidence, it's the same day. That Mexican holiday, honoring and celebrating the gone and not forgotten, used to be celebrated in the beginning of summer, pre-Spanish colonization, but gradually it got moved to late October to fit in with Western Halloween-y things. Oh, Naomi Berry wants to know, what's the deal with white and pink pumpkins? How do they make them like that? <laughs> they don't uh, They don't make them. They cross-pollinate them, and they grow new varieties when they can. Now, white pumpkins have been something that they wanted to develop for a long time, and they finally were able to. They've had red pumpkins, reddish. Let's put it this way. They're more red than they are orange. Mm-hmm. So if they cross the red with the white, chances are they'll get the pink. But the pink is, you don't see many pink. Yeah. It's, it's more rare. So if you get a chance to get a pink pumpkin, by all means, get one. These, by the by, are called porcelain doll F1 varieties, or 
rascal F1s, and they are light, light, peachy pink, lumpy, but hardy with deep ribbing. Now, this next question was also asked by patrons Morgan, Ashley, Katie Coast, Sam Taylor, Laura Kinney, and Joe Porfino, who simply wrote, what's with pumpkin guts? Um, Jacob Farmer wants to know, why is it sometimes really easy to get the goop out of the inside of the pumpkin? And sometimes it's really hard. <laughs> because the pumpkin hasn't either fully matured. And there are some varieties. Think about making spaghetti noodles. Mm -hmm. uh, if you take them out too early... They're really hard to get out of the pan, <laughs> and they're harder to deal with. If you get them out when they're just right, then they're pretty easy to deal with. Oh. So uh, it's possible that the pumpkin isn't fully ripe. If the skin is really rough and really thick, sometimes it doesn't want to let go of the seed. That is, that's great advice. I never realized that. Becky Woodruff has a great question. She wants to know, what's with those bags of teeny tiny pumpkins in the produce aisle? Are they baby pumpkins? Or does that type naturally grow to that size? You know those uh, little ones? Actually, those are a special variety, and they, they grow them that way. They're never going to get big. They're, they're grown to be small like that. And those last pretty much a long time Yeah, because they're, they are small. They don't tend to rot, mm -hmm. especially if you don't carve them up, if you're just having them sitting there. Yeah, they're they'll, total desk pumpkins. Yeah, they'll last. Okay, side note. What are those tiny tiny pumpkins that Linda from accounting has on her desk from like August 31st until December 1st. Okay, they have many names. Among them, Baby Boo, Bumpkin, Munchkin, Baby Pam, Weeby Little, Hooligan, Mischief, Trickster. Again, supporting my theory that you can just name a new pumpkin after your cat. Also, you know those weird teeny ones that grow on sticks that are always in the floral department? Those are eggplants. Which are berries? Trust no one. Trust no one! Brianne Wharton wants to know, why do pumpkins get the weird wart-looking thingies? Oh, well, it's partly how they're grown and also the variety. Some pumpkins are going to be very lumpy and bumpy because it's part of their genetic makeup. Mm -hmm. And others will have a really smooth skin. I like the ones that have little wart thingies on them because they're... they're they're different, you know, they're they're their own little characters. Mm -hmm. And to me, it makes them look more interesting. <laughs> so warts and all, you love them warts and all. Yep. Okay, I looked this up because Ella Sugarman and Sarah also had questions. And pumpkin warts are called, ready for this? Warts. They're just called warts. And they can be caused by water imbalances, viruses, bugs, or just genetics. But these pumpkins all deserve hugs anyway. Okay, one uh, one last question. Um, pumpkins and gourds are they different, or is it? Oh, and gourd? yeah, no, they're they're very different. Yeah, oh. they're very different. Gourds are more closely related to squash, mm -hmm. but they're not even that either. They're their own little thing, and they have a very very hard shell. Mm -hmm. And when they are ripe, they're very very hard. You don't eat gourds. Yeah. generally speaking. But you can paint on them, you can carve them, you can do all kinds of things like that. 
So they have their creative side, too. And mm-hmm. I love gourds. I've seen some absolutely fabulous gourd art carved, painted, and otherwise. Oh, one more thing about Anne's work. I literally forgot to ask her what her favorite thing about pumpkins are. So I sent her a quick email, and she wrote right back and said, My favorite thing about pumpkins is that they, like we are, constantly evolve from year to year. They never become boring, and each new generation looks forward to them with great anticipation. Woohoo! Thank you from my heart, and always. It's been a joy to be here, and I wish all the people out there who are getting ready to celebrate the fall, I wish you all a happy autumn and a happy holiday season. And you know what? Do it your way. You have permission to be who you are and who you like to be best. So go out and enjoy Halloween. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. Okay. Take care. (laughs) So ask smart folks questions because chances are what caused them to seek the answer was the exact same curiosity that you got. Now, Ann Copeland's book is delightful, as is she. Her book is called Pumpkin Pumpkin, Folklore, History, Planting Hints, and Good Eating. There's tons of recipes in it. You'll find a link in the show notes. And more links, as always, are up at alliward.com slash ologies slash cucurbitology. Also linked is alliward.com slash smologies, which has dozens more kids safe and shorter episodes you can blaze through. And thank you, Mercedes Maitland of Maitland Audio and Jared Sleeper of Mind Jam Media for editing those as well as Stephen Ray Morris. And since we like to keep things small around here, the rest of the credits are in the show notes. And if you stick around at the end of the episode, I give you some advice. And some advice is if you want to draw on your pumpkin before you carve it, but you don't want to use a Sharpie or something permanent in case you change your mind, you know what's a great idea? Is an eyeliner pencil or a lip liner pencil. So ask someone who wears eyeliner, hey, can I borrow that? I might use a lot of it. And then you can just wipe it off if you decide to change your mind in the middle of your carving. I literally did this last week when I carved a pumpkin. Okay, bye-bye. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, we're all carrying around just a backpack of stressors and sadnesses. When we keep them all zipped up and the load gets heavier, it can start to affect us negatively. You start to feel misunderstood, sad, resentful. A safe place to unpack that is, you guessed it, 
therapy. Therapists can help you dump out your bag and work through the heavy garbage that's weighing you down, in my case at least. I've used BetterHelp. They have definitely helped me understand that pushing my feelings down does not actually make them go away. It makes them feel worse. So if you've been thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible. It's suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's so much faster and easier than trying to hunt down a therapist from just online listings and cold calling. That's one thing I love about BetterHelp. And if for any reason you're not vibing with your therapist, you can switch anytime, no additional charge, no drama. So unburden yourself and trauma dump onto someone who's trained for this. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ologies today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ologies.